When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. And I started crying. I started crying to Brett Favre and Matt Hasselbeck. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studio. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami live from the TCL broadcast studios on Score North on 1500. ScoreNorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Rami here. Judd Zulgat across from me. No Mackie today. Jonathan Harrison on the other side of the glass. He's in meetings of some sort. Meetings. I hate meetings. I hate meetings so much. It's never good when the boss is in meetings. No, not those types of meetings. Oh, okay. Everything is fine. No, no, they're organizational (laughs) meetings. I I just, I I, I don't want to start talking about them. (laughs) Stress you out? No, no, no. They're the bane of they're the bane of my existence. Meetings? Fair enough. Oh, I hate meetings. I think meetings are the worst. I I think people. I think people meet to meet. Yes. Fair yes, enough. they do. I think it's a way to occupy your day. They don't have enough in their schedule for that day. Exactly. And so, they feel like they're stealing money from their employers. So yep. They're like, let's schedule a meeting. And then they meet, and then they meet for lengthy periods of time to occupy hours, <laughs> and are like, well, I work today. It's like, no, you met. I'll tell do you, you guys want to go meet at the bar later? That's a different kind of meeting. Oh. That's the yeah. best kind of meeting. <laughs> oh, that that's an after- still a meeting. That's an after work. Oh, that no, that's fine, though. We can do that. That's meeting. what we call an add-on. Oh, wait, I've got... <laughs> That's when you take your craft so seriously right. that you call the wife and say, I'm not coming home. I'm going with Rami and Jonathan to get a drink to talk about the station talk and the, about show. the show. That's right. called dedication. Yeah. Meeting is at 2 p.m. Call is called it? occupation. <laughs> I'm occupying my time. I'll tell you what didn't occupy a lot of your time last night, Judd Zolgada. That was that Twins game. Oh, I loved it. That flew right by. How great was it? It was pretty good. Pitcher's duel. Extraordinary. Pretty good. How good was it? Well, first of all, both guys, Porcello and Barrios. But Barrios, first three guys get hits, gives up a run. And I'm saying to myself, okay, this is the Boston Red Sox. This might be a problem. Retires the next 19. Rami, I, I'm not kidding. And yes, the game went, the game was played in a speedy fashion, which is nice. But yeah, you got, you got to taste your first beer of the night earlier. But what than I, you usually I did do. not drink last night. But what, <laughs> I, but what I absolutely loved, though, was watching the precision with those two pitchers going back and forth. That was awesome. I'm dead serious here. That was, that was a good pitcher's duel to watch. Some pitcher's duels are boring. Oh, sure. That was a fun well, pitcher's duel to watch. Incompetent hitting is not fun. Right. So, like, if I'm... No, but that was just dominant pitching. Like that if, was just two really good pitchers yeah, doing their thing. If you're a team that can't hit and I beat you, okay, that's fine, but it's not fun. But this is the Twins and Red Sox. Two high-powered, really good lineups that ran into two pitchers who were 
fantastic. Right. And it's another, it, to me, it's another step and justification of the direction in which Brios is going, which is a major league ace. And a great piece by Dan Hayes today talking about what Barrios did last night, along with Jason Castro, making that adjustment on the fly and making it real quickly after the first three guys come out and hit singles and play to run before I even turned on my TV. I was like, what the hell just happened here? Yep. But then, so he saw what they were doing. They were jumping on his breaking ball. And so he and Castro met up for a second, and after that, they just started pounding fastballs using both sides of the plate to both lefties and righties Mm -hmm. and retired 18 straight batters after that. And that sounds simple, but it's not. Right. You come in with a game plan and you have a certain thing in mind that you're going to do. And then after three batters to completely change your your tactic and your strategy and do something different from what you came in planning to do is not something every guy can do. Barrios is right now checking the box of ace consistently. Right. Um, starts, Starts where he has... One pitch, he wins. Starts where he gets off to a bad start against a really good team. He adjusts and wins. His When, when he came up, he had really good stuff. But his problem was, if things went wrong, he had no clue what to do, and he essentially panicked and got hit harder, right? But how many times now, have and, and this has been, I would say, a handful of times, have we seen him have a start where he's got two pitches that don't work? Right. Or in this case, a game plan that does not work. And it, within three batters, it's clear there. And nobody panics, and he adjusts, and his stuff is so electric that he's just fine. That was awesome. To this watch. is, but this, this is the course, at, at least right now, of a guy who we can talk about someday being a Cy Young guy. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? I can see it. Like you can look at him and see Cy Young winner in mm-hmm. Jose Barrios. Mm-hmm. It's not crazy at all to say that. Trevor Bauer said it. Trevor yeah. Bauer said he could see Jose Brios winning a But I a just I I loved last night because of because of the start of that game. Because he didn't come out and get the first 19 guys. Because the first 3 guys hit the crap out of the baseball and you said to yourself, "Well, what's he going to do here?" and he immediately came back. But watching those two guys go back and forth was to me as a baseball fan that if I could um drop my script of the perfect baseball game, that's it. Oh no! I like some good. runs. That's not the. It was a fun baseball game nope. to watch, but not the perfect game. To me, it's a perfect game. No, I need like five, six runs combined between the two teams not at me. least. Come on, not me. No way. I love that because if that's against a bad team and it's boring and it's like okay, they can't hit him, then you then I I side with what you're saying here. But when I'm watching those two teams and they are basically for innings at a time, rendered helpless at the plate, and you know how good they are, and it's just a product of really good pitching, that to me is the perfect script. Something tells me you would have enjoyed that game more if not for what transpired in the eighth inning. I thought what transpired in the eighth was interesting, and I want your opinion. So if you didn't see the game, they're down one to nothing going into the eighth inning. Jonathan Scope singles. uh, Max Kepler draws a walk. And now Jorge Polanco... The American League leader in batting average, I believe in slugging percentage. Yep. The leader at shortstop in all-star votes. Yep. Maybe the leader for MVP in the American League right now, if you're being totally objective about it. And if I could stop you for one second, too, you're into the bullpen as well. Right. So this is not Porcello still uh, weaving a jam. You've just knocked Porcello out. Right. You've got a reliever, no outs, two on, and he's flustered. So Jorge Polanco decides, I'm going to lay down a bunt. And decided on his own 
that he was going to lay down a bun. Mm-hmm. This was not called by Rocco Baldelli or anybody else on the Twins coaching staff. Jorge Polanco takes it upon himself to lay down a bunt. Do we have what Rocco Baldelli said after the game, Jonathan? I'm sorry, I should have cleared that with you before we started the show. On air production. We were doing a show. We can have a per- behind-the-scenes production meeting. We were doing Purple Day. I can paraphrase it if we don't have I have it. it right here. He said he's one of the best hitters in baseball. I think you can always lean on taking your chances with him swinging the bat, but... We all also trust our guys where I'm not going to stand here and tell you I disapprove of the decision he made out on the field. In the heat of the game, he made a decision, and I support him. We talk about these things all the time with our guys, and I'm sure we'll talk about this one. Okay, so so the interpretation to me of that quote is this. Rocco Baldelli, in his uh, first uh, three months essentially on the job, has gone gr- to great lengths out of his way to make sure he doesn't criticize a player or his team. This was, in any game at least, that I have covered him this season, as close as he's come to saying, I didn't call for that bunt, I didn't like it. And in this case, I agree. Because, again, to back up my point, you're into the bullpen, you've got no outs, you've got a guy who is come in and, and given up a single and walk, and... Flustered might be too strong a word, but Colton Brewer was definitely not Rick Porcello. Polanco comes in with all of the hitting credentials that you just brought up before. I want him to swing away. I And, and I am not nearly as passionate as, as fans are. There are some fans who wanted to come to Target Field, Rami, and burn the place to the ground. I can't believe he bunted the bunt. There are fans now that think the bunt is the the worst thing a baseball player can do. I don't know how anybody's getting that mad over a Twins loss at this point. In the I don't season. go that strong. I do not go that strong. But I can see I can see Rocco's point that that we weren't talking about a a hitter at the bottom of the order, a hitter who's struggling. I side with the fact that in retrospect, despite the fact that the bunt was perfect and got guys to second and third and it should have worked because Nelson Cruz was due up next, that you would want Jorge Polanco to swing away. I didn't hate it. I wouldn't I wouldn't I just get what Rocco's saying. I wouldn't have called it. I wouldn't have done it if I were Polanco, but I don't hate it. There are very few situations where I think laying down a bunt is the smart thing to do. First and second, and nobody out, and your best run producer coming up next is a place where it kind of makes sense. You're putting two runners in scoring position when you're down one, mm-hmm. and there's no outs. So, And Polanco, for for what it's worth, he says, quote, I was trying to bunt for a hit, but I also wanted to move the runner. I ended up moving the runners. That was that. And he said, a lot of trust. I trust all of our players, one through nine, and I know they can come up and do their job. So he was saying, hey, I put... I put ducks on the pond, and I trusted that the guys behind me would would bring them home. Yes, I get it. I I think there is a strong argument to be made for it. With that guy at the plate, I wouldn't. That's not what I would have wanted done. Agreed completely. And and I I think Rocco's point ultimately was exactly that. And it it worked, but then. The problem is Cruz comes up and and all hell breaks loose because that, he hits the squibber to the pitcher and and um, scope is off with contact. But he really he he was supposed to be off with contact. But if you go back and watch it, he sort of hesitates a little bit. There was so much wrong with that play. Yes, and that's so, that's where the that's real the problem is. That's the that's breakdown. where the re- that's where you lost the game. I agree. Yeah, 
Cruz has a squibber. Scope is running on contact, but like you said, not running the way he should on contact. So it's an easy out at home. He does the smart thing and gets himself into a rundown so that Max Kepler this to me. can cruise into third. I still can't get this What one. the hell was Max Kepler thinking what, running back to second? That's what I tweeted. Well, and that was a weird thing because you're told that in third grade, right? Occupy the base. Right. Because Scope, Scope has two choices. Either he's going to somehow get home and score, or he's going to go back to third where Kepler is standing too, and then Scope is out. Which is which is not good, but okay. And, and now, ultimately, Rosario came up and bounced out to first base, so Kepler retreating to second base didn't kill you. But that was the play that was beyond flawed. Uh, in, but but just to the did anybody ask Max Kepler because I didn't see the quotes or hear them anywhere no. what he was thinking there no and and it didn't it didn't cost them completely so I think that's probably why uh, but I, I went down to the clubhouse and Polanco was at his locker I don't recall if Kepler was there or not but I I did find it intriguing that Baldelli Baldelli for him was incredibly forthcoming about what he thought about the decision to bond and I put up a Twitter poll immediately of course. Rami, last night that said Jorge Polanco's bump with the Twins down one nothing in the 8th to Boston and runners on 1st and 2nd with no outs was, and I gave you three choices. Understandable, mm-hmm. a poor choice, mm-hmm. a terrible decision. With five hours still left to vote, if you would like to go to my Twitter account, at Jay Zolgad and vote, and 1,565 votes in, here are the results. Understandable, 36%. And a poor choice and terrible decision are now tied at 32% apiece. Give those to me again? Okay. Polanco's decision to bunt with uh, 1,565 votes in. Understandable. So defending him, saying, I get it. 36% say, yeah, I get it. That's the highest. A poor choice or a terrible decision at 32% apiece. Okay. Because the initial... The initial Voting, when I put the poll up right after he bonded, was terrible decision. But it is remarkable. I, I think bunting in baseball in 2019 might be one of the hot, biggest hot-button topics that exists now. It doesn't make sense. In a lot of the cases... So people, I mean, people I know, love to discuss it. In a lot of the cases where old-school baseball guy really wants his team to lay down a bunt, it doesn't make sense. If you look at run probability and the likelihood that a guy scores from any given base with any given amount of outs, it almost never makes sense to give up an out to move a runner 90 feet. But you're saying in this case, you also did not hate it. This one made sense. Okay. Where where you lose me on this more so is if Porcello is still in there and he is crafting this great game, and you're like, we got to score a run, Cruz is up next, let's get guys to second and third, I'd be like, okay, I get that. But a guy who's been as hot as Polanco has been now for the better part of three months. But he was trying to bunt for a hit. And I think that's an important distinction. But I, would, but I think that he was also saying that as part of it didn't work to perfection because he didn't get the, the uh, hit necessarily. But it, but my point being is you still had guys on first and second, reliever just in the game, nobody out. So that's where you, you lose me a little bit. And I would say I would really encourage you to work the count there and to swing away because you're into the bullpen now. 
Yeah, I definitely... And again, I don't hate... I'm not arguing... This is one of those things where both sides of the argument make sense. Mm -hmm. Where, in a lot of cases, when you're debating bunting with people, the people who are pro-bunting, their case does not make sense. Do they just want to move guys... Yeah. Okay. So like if so it, that's like if I bounce out to second and the guy goes from second to third, old school baseball, that's a great out. It's almost never worth it to bunt a guy over to second. If you okay. have men on first and second and you can move a guy to third and two guys into scoring position at that, it's some it sometimes makes sense. Gotcha. But it almost never makes sense, even with nobody out, to bunt to move a guy from first to second. Maybe if a pitcher is up to bat, then your run expectancy is better. Sacrificing and that's that real baseball because that's National League baseball, right? Exactly, which Mackey hates. That's how it's supposed. And to Jonathan, be don't you put don't you put your thumb down on National League baseball? Hey, until you appreciate a double switch, you're not a baseball oh, fan, Harrison. Man, do I love a double switch? Oh, get out of here with that! What? No, these kids. I'm not going to fight days. anybody else. Kids on, on these days. <laughs> that is a great part of the game. It's no. Such a good part of the game. No, or a triple switch. Like if maybe you move a guy on one part of the field oh. to another part of the field. Oh, now you're talking. I think about, we need to take a break. Now you're talking about ba- now you're talking about baseball porn. Oh man, when the manager goes porn. up to the umpire and whips it out, the scorecard. He whips Joe it Madden. out. Yeah, Joe Madden back pocket. Oh, oh, oh buddy. Oh man, I, I told you this, the ideal oh. scenario. And give it to me again. Wednesday afternoon, mm. Northside Chicago, mm-hmm. Wrigley Field, oh. day game. Day I game. said afternoon. Sun is shining. Day game. Grass is green. Beer is cold. Ethan and Cubs up 3-2. Okay. Over the Cardinals. Oh. Joe Madden mm. emerges from the dugout. Here comes Joe. But he's not going to go to the pitcher. Not what? yet, at least. He's not? Because he's going to go to the plate umpire. Well, this is unexpected. Angel Hernandez. And right before Joe gets tossed. That ruins it a little bit. And right before he gets tossed, <laughs> he pulls out the scorecard oh. or his lineup card from his back pocket. He then points at the right fielder. Does it have extra large print? Of course it does. <laughs> of course it has extra large print. Points at the right fielder. Motions for him to come in. Oh. He's motioning the bullpen, so the reliever's trotting in. Mm. He's now moving the right fielder oh, man. into the number nine position. Into the nine spot? Right there in the nine hole? This right there in the nine hole. Wow. And he's taking... Well, it's a double switch. It's it's perfect baseball. I'm lost. And he's care. putting the new pitcher into the right fielder's batting spot because he he was the last guy to make an out. Oh, man. And during that time, whew, you buy another Budweiser. Give me a cigarette. Or old style. Or an old style, whatever. Or whatever you buy. Just keep the game moving, man. Ooh. I find a lot of fault in baseball. This is not one of them, Jonathan. Oh, that's one of them. Sometimes you want to take it slow, Jonathan. No. Sometimes you just want to take it slow. I'm, um, I'm all about constant action. <laughs> <laughs> we just gave you the definition of baseball foreplay. And, and I fell you, asleep. And you, yeah, exactly. I fell asleep. Your baseball foreplay uh. sucks. <laughs> You know what? I'm done for the second. <laughs> you know what else gets me turned on in the world of baseball? Reckless speculation. Oh, boys yeah. and boys. Fire it up. We got a little bit more of that when it comes to your Minnesota Twins right after this. It's the uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami show on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. We're live from the TCL broadcast studios and back right after this. Mackie here for TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. You know, with TCL, you get access to more streaming entertainment that includes sports and non-sports, 
than with any TV on the market. You get that built-in Roku device with 5,000-plus streaming channels and 500,000 TV show episodes and movies. This is the best way to watch all your favorite content, whether you stream it, pay for a cable or satellite subscription, or use the built-in tuner to enjoy free over-the-air channels. The TCL Roku TV makes it easy to enjoy everything. It's so easy just to toggle back and forth on the main Roku menu between your streaming channels and your cable-slash-satellite channels. You're never going to miss anything sports-related, anything movie-wise, TV-wise. It's all in one place, easy to navigate. TCLUSA.com or any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. Go stare at a TCL TV for yourself. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500. ScoreNorth.com and the Score North mobile app. If you don't have it, get it free for Apple and Android. You can uh, download and subscribe to all your favorite podcasts or stream us live. The longer you listen live, the more points you rack up to earn rewards from us because we love you here at Score North, and it's also your one-stop shop for all written content from ScoreNorth.com, including what from Judd Zolgad, Judd Zolgad? Before you badgered people about this, and now we love you, Mm -hmm. you're all over the map today. I'm a conflicted person, Judd. That's okay, though. Um, Columns. I've I've got a column up right now about, um, let's see, Polanco. Talked to Polanco and and, uh, Rocco last night about his Polanco's decision to bunt. Have a column about that up right now. Also wrote a column about the resiliency of the Twins, who, by the way, Rami Makhlouf, have not lost three consecutive games at any point in the 2019 season, and we'll try to avoid that tonight as uh, Michael Pineda goes against David Price at Target Field. The Twins have had, I think this is their fifth losing streak, and, and I say that in air quotes, mm-hmm. losing streak of two games. Uh, but That's they've, insane. They've, they've only lost two straight five times yes, this whole year. And I, But I looked it up last night. Against teams that are 500 or above, the Twins are now 13-13, and 13, so they'll be looking to stay above 500 themselves against teams that are 500 or above. If you want to get in on the show, and we're about to uh, dive into some reckless speculation here in a second, 651-646-8255, or you can tweet the show at SKOR North. Before we do that, though, the uh, Twins announced a couple of roster moves today. One uh, not so big, one sort of big. They placed Ari Adrianza on the injured list and uh, recalled Luis Arias yep. from AAA. Who's been up before. Yep. Also, uh, they put Byron Buston on the injured list after he was hit by a pitch on Friday night and has a bruised wrist. Jake Cave is recalled from AAA. And Jake Cave has been uh, tearing it up at Rochester. And Buxton, the important thing there was put on the injured list. He has not played since Saturday. So the move is retroactive to Saturday. So if this indeed is uh, just a very sore wrist that's going to heal, he could be activated here pretty quickly. Because it's 10 days, but but it's 10 days now uh, backdating to Saturday. They called up two guys, and neither was La Tortuga. Uh, Royce's fear is that La Tortuga is going to be buried by this team and is not coming back up. Why? Why? And La Tortuga had why? could have been recalled because this, this is an injury, so he could have been. And he was the organizational's um, player of the week for so this past week. He has been out of this world. I don't know. I seriously don't know. I think that, I don't know. I, I can't answer your question. He's been he's gone to Rochester and absolutely gone ballistic on the baseball. Are they trying to kill all the fun at Target Field? Do they not want us you're, to have fun? You're barking up the wrong tree. You're asking the wrong person. Do they not like fun? Are they not fans of fun? Are they not fans in of the Twins of what they are they fan not fans of what they saw the last month plus of La Tortuga? What's he supposed to do? How's he supposed to get back up here? 
If if well, the, you're if Mr. Being, po- you're if Mr. Being the organizational player, why don't you of use? Okay, I got an idea for, for this team. Isn't enough? Then what's enough? Why don't you use your press pass, drive to Target Field, and go knock on Derek Falvey and Thad Levine's door in the press box and ask these questions? I can't answer. Them. I have questions. I know you do. I'm going to bang on the door and just say, guys, I have questions. I'm concerned about the bullpen. You're concerned about a, a portly guy who's in Rochester. A portly guy. Yeah, he looks like is that we all do. we're describing him as now? He's he just like, a portly guy. He's a portly guy. He looks he, like we do. He's not the legendary La Tortuga. Now he's just some portly guy. He's a really good AAA player. He's Crash Davis now. Crash Davis. Yeah, he's going to tear up AAA and be buried there for the rest of his career and be counted on to. Don't look at me. To I'm bring along powers him. Let's young players. Let's move on to reckless speculation before I really lose my temper. <laughs> you want reckless speculation? <laughs> How about reckless trade speculation? This is, I don't know if this is speculation or advice. There's a lot of this, by the way. Ken Rosenthal says, if you want Madison Bumgarner, I'll just read you the title of the headline. Rosenthal, if history means anything, contending teams should be lining up to acquire Madison Bumgarner now. Not waiting, mm-hmm. doing it now. First paragraph reads, For teams wishing to rent Giants left-hander Madison Bumgarner through the end of the season, the clock is ticking. Each day that passes is another day without Bumgarner, without another day of settling, and another day of settling for a lesser pitcher in their rotation. That was very sloppily read by me, but you got the idea. However, Rosenthal makes a distinction later in the article that there are two types of team who may be in on Madison Bumgarner, those scrambling to get into the postseason and those sitting on massive division leads. He says teams in the former group would benefit from as many starts as they could get from Bumgarner and throughout the article for teams in that situation. He makes a comparison to uh, the Brewers going out and getting CC Sabathia. In that season, which they did when teams in the latter group might be more inclined to be patient, valuing Bumgarner mostly for what he might provide in October. The Brewers made that Sabathia trade, though, in was it late June that year? Um, it was fairly early. Yeah, I think it was June. He I had, think he was trying to point out the, the fact that the Brewers in that case were extremely aggressive and got the guy early. Yeah, he had uh, he talks about that deal like a million times in this article, so I might be able to find the date of it. The trade. I think the key question here to what Rosenthal is referring to is when do the Giants want to pull the trigger on this trade? How much do they need to see from from the multitude of teams that are probably going to come to them and make offers? And it was July seventh. Sorry to interrupt. And if you are uh, a team like the Twins, does it behoove you right now to essentially approach the Giants and say we are not going to start by beating around the bush and? Offering you uh, two top 20 prospects who you don't want, we are going to present you with our best offer right now because we want Bumgarner ASAP. So he says that if you're one of those teams in the latter group who has a big lead in your division, you probably aren't that motivated to make a big push for Madison Bumgarner now because you don't need him to get into the postseason. You need him for what he can do for you in October, but... Rosenthal mentions the Twins specifically later in the article and says an AL team such as the Twins might draw particular benefit from acquiring Bumgarner early. The more time he has to become familiar with the hitters in the American League, the better he is likely to perform due to his ability to read swings. But with the exception of the Dodgers who lead the NL West by 10 games, the NL is more closely contested. Do you see any urgency? Because I know you're you're on the Bumgarner wagon, right? You'd yeah, like to see this team acquire right? him. Yeah, I don't think I'm as excited about it as some people are. But do you see any urgency to go out and get him? Yes. Soon? Uh, yes, because the fact that there's only one trade 
deadline and you can't do the whole uh, post August 1st, if I get you before September 1st, uh, through the waiver process, because that's gone now and July 31st is the drop dead, I think it changes the dynamic of the market. And so the urgency is is not to protect the lead that you have if you're the Twins because it's a pretty big lead. And, and if I'm not mistaken on this, Cleveland lost again last night, so it's still at something like 10 games. But where the urgency exists to me is that if the market is going to change and how it's dictated changes and somebody goes to the Giants on, look, let's take the Sabathia trade, uh, J- July 7th, and says, I'll give you this. And the Giants are like, okay, wow, that's great. We'll take it. I think the the this game itself has changed potentially. And so the urgency is if you want him for the playoffs, I don't think it's safe to assume that you can wait till July 31st to make that trade happen. You might need to be more aggressive than you previously were. Okay. He talks in this article about a few other things along the lines of what you were just talking about, which is, yes, the market is going to heat up as we get closer to it, but more guys might become available as we get closer to the trade deadline because, especially in the National League, the picture is going to clear up some. Some teams are going to fall out of contention. He talks about Mike Miner of the Rangers, who they're probably not looking to move right now. Robbie Ray of the uh, Diamondbacks, who they're probably not looking to move right now. I can't, yeah. That, that's Both lefties one. under control through 2020. Yep. But if their teams fall out of contention, Rosenthal, Rosenthal seems to think they might be on the market. And the same goes for Trevor Bauer, who's under control through 2020. Yep. So the market could expand. It could, it could. But I, I think if you're. If you're going to make the assumption right now uh, that the Rangers or Diamondbacks are going to fall out of the wild card race, that's a dangerous assumption. I think you need to operate in a logical yet aggressive manner that says a team like Texas very well could uh, maintain its place in this wild card race long enough that they wouldn't move a pitcher like that. So. Yes, if if Texas falls back or if the Diamondbacks, heck, decide to bail, then it could change the dynamic. But I don't think it's safe to assume that. The other guys, no. I think it's safe to assume. I think it's a risky game to play. I think it's safe to assume that some. it's going to expand in some way. There are going to be teams who fall out of the race and make guys available. And, Whether or not it's the right teams with the right arms that yep. you actually want, yep. that's the question. And by the way, I still think a, a potential Mad Bum slash Will Smith trade is going to be much more palatable uh, to the Twins front office to attempt to make and uh, pull the trigger on than a Bauer trade. I think a Bauer trade is going to cost you an absolute ton. And I don't know, as, as much as we enjoy uh, recklessly speculating about this, I don't know that they would have the ability to pull the trigger on that trade. Uh, some of the other names who he says might enter the market as their teams fall out of contention. Uh, two guys from the Mets, Wheeler and Syndergaard. Uh, Matthew Boyd from the Tigers. Blue Jays righty Marcus Stroman, another guy who we've talked about a lot. These are some good arms who might end up on the trade market if things play out the right way. Well, Stroman should be, if he's going to be available, he should be available right now or very soon. I think the Tigers have publicly essentially said, if it's not bolted down, we'll trade it. So, but it's go, it's going to be a game, I think, of musical chairs in the sense that once these trades start, they're going to go pretty fast. So if you're the twins, you, you need to decide who you want, what your actual price is going to be that you're willing to pay for this and be prepared to make that trade fairly soon.
and I'm not, and it doesn't have to be in the next week or something. But I just don't, I don't know that you can walk this thing up to the deadline and be comfortable that you're going to get what you want on July 31st at, let's say, 10 p.m. In terms of what it might cost you to get Madison Bumgarner, Rosenthal uses the U Darvish trade from a couple of years ago as sort of the comp. And uh, actually, the GM of the San Francisco Giants was part of that deal. He was a he was part of the Rangers front office when they traded Darvish to the Dodgers. And in that deal, they got infielder, outfielder Willie Calhoun, right-hander A.J. Alexi, and infielder Brendan Davis. Uh, you probably don't know any of those guys yet. Yeah, I was say, if what you are ever doing, will, what are they doing right now, Ronnie? Calhoun rejoined the Rangers on Monday night after missing nearly a month with a strained left quad, and is a player with strong offensive potential. Alexi is the Rangers' 20th ranked prospect, according to MLBPipeline.com, mm-hmm. while Davis is not even in their top 30. So probably a top 10, top 20, and top 30 prospect is what it cost to get you, Darvish, I'd a couple that. of years ago. I'd do that. If you... If you could go to the Giants on at the All-Star break, let, let's say that, that this thing gets to the All-Star break, and you could go to them and give them the that exact package of prospects, I'd do it in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? Yes. Absolute heartbeat. Absolutely. I he think, says it probably will cost a little bit more, though, because, okay. of, because of the postseason resume that Bumgarner has, a 2-1-1 ERA and 102-plus oh, postseason innings. It's great, but if you go the Bauer route, and and I, I know uh, Wetmore wants to go this route, and I understand that he'd be under team control with arbitration, I believe, into 2020, and that that is enticing. Don't you think the Bauer price is way more? Because in Smith and Madbum, you're talking about two guys with expiring contracts. You might keep them, you might not. But if you go the Bauer, if you go and get Trevor Bauer, you're giving up, and, and I know that you would do it, and I don't disagree, but I just wonder if Falvey would be willing to pay the price that Cleveland's going to ask. I think he'd probably be, be willing to entertain the price that San Francisco would ask. Probably. I think that's a very... Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's that a small price to pay. That goes against what you might do, but, but I, don't, I don't know that they, they would be willing to pony up what Cleveland would want because, because it'd be team control for at least another year. I think the Bauer asking price would be outside of their comfort zone. As far as what you're getting in Bumgarner, uh, he is just about to turn 30, and he compares it again to the CC Sabathia deal, who he had a 3.83 ERA for the Indians in 18 starts. Bumgarner is two years older than Sabathia was at that time. He has a 3.87 ERA in 15 starts. So Rosenthal seems to think going to a contending team might have the same effect on Bumgarner that it had on Sabathia that year. That would be my. That would be. The number one thing that I would count on is that, and and the trickle-down effect, too, would, would be if you put him, let's say your playoff rotation lined up, um, Barrios, Mad Bum, let's say Gibson, I think Bumgarner's mentality helps everybody. This is the scary part, though. Bumgarner's velocity is up. It's the highest it's been since 2015, but... The average exit velocity on batted balls is the highest of his career, according to StatCast. Yep. His hard hit rate of 46.4% is the highest in the majors right now, according to Baseball Info Solutions. And his ERA, though, has improved each, each month this season, <laughs> dropping from 430 <laughs> so what in you, March wait, and wait, April wait. to 372 in May. So what are you telling me? I don't know. That there are some numbers... You just ran through are, things I don't understand. There are, me- there are some numbers to indicate... It would be a good addition. Okay. There are some numbers to indicate it 
might not be okay. that great of an addition. <laughs> you have to look at everything, Judd. That's what I'm telling you. Okay. If you you got to look at everything. If you are advising Derek Falvey right now with what you just gave me, he's better. Are you more cons- are, are he's you, better than three of your starters? Are, are you confident or are you more confident or more concerned by the numbers that you just read? Me? I'm confident that he's better than three of your starters. Okay. And so I would go get him. I wouldn't feel any urgency to do so. Because of the lead you have in the division. But what if he's gone then and now you don't have him and you get to the playoffs? There will be other guys, potentially better guys, on the market. I'm confident in that. Okay. I'm very confident in that. That there will be guys as good or better than Madison Bumgarner on the market as we get closer to July 31st. Do you agree with me that once he goes, it's going to uh, set off what could be Probably. a quicker a domino chain, effect? A domino effect and a quicker chain reaction of trades. That means you do not have the luxury of, of waiting till. 11.59 p.m. on July 31st because the market might be dried up by then. I think if, because they have knowledge of the market, yeah. these guys know how hot the phones are on a give, at, a, at a given time. If if I'm Falvey and Levine and I see the market starting to heat up, then I feel a need to go out and make a move for a starter. Okay. But other than that, I don't feel any urgency. Not un, Unlike what I've said about the bullpen, I think there is urgency to add an arm to the bullpen. Because that that's... The hottest two, commodity. I want two arms. That's the hottest commodity at the trade market for the bullpen. I want two arms. I'd be okay with that. I can understand why. I'm going to tell you right now, Blake Parker. I mean, this is not breaking news, but Blake Parker simply can't be trusted right now. And you're burning guys out. You're burning out Blake Parker. You're burning out Taylor Rodgers. You're burning out Trevor May by them being the only guys, well, two of those guys, and really just one of those guys being the only ones you really trust in high leverage situations. We agree. So I'm with you. There is urgency to add to the bullpen. Not so much to the starting rotation, well, in my opinion. I think I, the urgency to me comes from the fact of I, I want to be aggressive on the market to get what I want to put myself in the best position possible for when, when the playoffs start. Assuming I'm there and with a 10-game lead, I'm going to assume I'm going to be there. Is there any urgency when it comes to food for you, Judd Zelget? Um Well, there shouldn't be, but there nearly is, yeah. <laughs> Truth be told, yes. Are we out at the state fair this year? Is that a thing that we do every Jonathan, year? Jonathan, what do are we, we doing? Do? Yes, sure? yes, we're we out are. there. From what every- I've been told, yes, we are. We will be at our normal location at the state fair. So, are, are we doing all the shows from out there? I believe so. So we're doing like Purple Daily. So, like some days I'll be on it. You're asking the wrong guy. I'm just assuming we are. Okay. I've been told we're at the state fair. I would be shocked if we're not right. there. Yeah. This show That's will. Such a big fan. I, I can almost. Yeah. I can 100 percent guarantee you that Mackie and Judd with Rami will be there. Here's the question. Why wouldn't we be? We'll be there. That's a yeah. great question. Now, I don't know if all the other shows, like if we'll Why do the twin show. Yeah, no, that's... Well, because then I'd have to be out there all day long. And it's, Aww, poor Judd. That could be hazardous to our house. I get to be out there all day long, which I'm excited about. I don't need to be out there I all day long. I love the state fair. Uh, that could really be hazardous to our health. Yeah, <laughs> that's... that's Okay, that's... No. Being near me when I play give me golf. A, give also, me a hot dish on a stage. Also, this, I, this could be hazardous to your health. This I gotta hear about. We're gonna talk about all that right after this. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Hey, everyone. It's Phil Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you right now. I've been a business owner in my life a couple different times, actually. And so I can relate to what you go through on a daily, on an hourly, on a monthly, annual basis, that roller coaster ride and that never-ending sea of problems over here, but also the exhilaration of those incremental wins over there. You get the whole spectrum when you're a business owner. And so if you're in this group, I recommend getting to know Federated Insurance, which has over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. When you partner with Federated, 
you get more than just a policy. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local marketing representative. You won't regret it. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. Thank you very much, sir. TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd with Rami. No uh, Phil today. Phil is out. And, and should mention as well, Roy Smalley, who we ordinarily talk to on Tuesdays at 420, will be joining us at the top of the hour at 5 o'clock. We will get Roy's thoughts on Jorge Polanco's decision to bunt and much more. But, Rami, we got to talk about this, first of all. Yes, sir. You um, you and Seth Auger are our web sensation. Yes, social media Seth. Social media Seth, who is fantastic at what he does for his profession, took you out today to the LPGA uh, golf tournament. Yeah, out there at Hazeltine uh, National. We know... We know from the background and the stories that, that you've told, and from being at the golf show with you in February... Yes. ...that the sport of golf doesn't come easily to many of us, including me. I'm an awful athlete. Uh, but that you've almost killed people. I'm extraordinarily bad. So they, I'm dangerously bad. It's yeah. not a good idea to be anywhere near me when I'm golfing. But but the nice thing is you got the chance to learn some, from some professionals today, and I think the thinking was that would fix you. How'd that go? So... I so this whole thing came up. They were like, "Hey, could we? Uh, it'd be funny if we got a professional golfer to try and fix Rami's swing." Like, and and you know, the women's PGA is at Hazeltine this weekend, so somebody threw this idea out there to some of the people with the women's PGA, and they were gracious and kind enough to say, "Yeah, sure, send them down. We'll we'll set them up with somebody." Because of course we can fix him. We're professionals. I thought for sure that they would just like hook me up with a caddy or like somebody who's barely even ranked on the tour. Tiffany Joe was teaching me how to play golf today, who finished second in the LPG tournament just last weekend. Like she's one of the better golfers on the LPGA tour period. And she thought she could fix my swing Judd. I don't want to give it all away. I want people to go and watch at score North. I think the more you tell us, the more they'll go and watch. (laughs) I wouldn't worry about this. I, I would. I don't think that this is your description is going to be great, but then that's going to cause me to want to go watch it even more. So you give us the whole thing. I took some chip shots to start, three to five of them, mm-hmm. and actually that didn't go terribly. Like three of them looked decent. The swing wasn't good, but the result was good. Then we took out the driving range. And for some reason, I was at the end of the row of the driving range, so right to my right is a cart path. And let's just say that was a bad idea. We were screaming out for a lot, and uh, one of them ended up in the parking lot. I don't know if it hit a car. I didn't go to find out. I was Did too you scared. Hear anything? I was too scared to go and a, find out. A ping I or didn't a breaking hear, of a I didn't hear anything, but it was kind of far away. Believe it or not, I hit the ball far. It was just almost directly to my right. How do you do this? I don't know. And I don't mean to be. I, no I don't idea. mean to act like I'm good at golf. But how do you? Like you've almost killed people. <laughs> After so, I took. You I took, almost killed your girlfriend once. I, yes, and actually, I told that story to the uh, people who were sort of helping us, and to Tiffany Joe herself. If you haven't heard the story, I was at a driving range and took a swing and hit it off the partition that was directly in front of me. It came rocketing back over my shoulder and almost killed my girlfriend who was standing behind me. Missed her face by like not even inches. Mm. 
And they were impressed by that. They were like, that's what they call a trick shot. I was like, yeah, if I did it on purpose, I could try that 10,000 yeah. more times and it would never happen. I took three swings with the driver, Judd. After the second one, I turned around and one of the girls who was working for the women's PGA Tour had her hands over her mouth and jaw dropped. Like I'm she, surprised she didn't put like a mask was, on because she's afraid that that trick shot was like dumb. She was terrified. Yeah. After the third drive, I turned around and she goes, yeah, we should probably stop. <laughs> I, I can't to wait God. to see this. I swear to God. So did you improve at all during the course of this thing? That I'll leave for people to watch and find out. Okay. I'll leave that. For, but she told you, let's call it a day. It'll be up shortly at Score North. I think Seth will have it up by tomorrow. My lesson with Tiffany Joe of the Women's PGA Tour. This sounds this sounds bad enough that, that it could set some type of uh, so views record for the so Score North Twitter account. Maybe it was so bad. It was so bad. I legitimately, even though I warned him, felt bad as I left there. I felt I felt bad about what I just did. But to she these called people. it a day on you. Yes. <laughs> After they thought they could help you. Yes. Which I'm not surprised. I thought they could not help Tiffany, you. not not no. the golfer, right? One of the women who was working right. with the women's PGA Tour. Just is like this is enough. Yeah, she was like, yeah, I think we should stop. <laughs> I want to know if you hit a car. That's that's what I'd really like to know. If, I want to know if you hit the car. If I hit somebody's car, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I I can't pay to fix it, but I, I apologize. <laughs> I give you my my most sincere of apologies. Yeah. Here's no money. Here's no money at all to fix your car, but so golf, I'm not good at. And that's hazardous to other people's health. Food, I'm very good at. And that's hazardous to my health. And the Wisconsin... Well, if you eat too much of it, yes. The Minnesota State Fair is coming up. When is it coming up? I have the dates right here. August 22nd through September 2nd. Great Minnesota get-together. Oh, I love it. Score North will have a presence out there. We don't know exactly what that presence will be just yet. I think it'll be... This is a great promo for us. We will have a presence. I think it's safe to say our show will be out there on a daily basis until they... Until the run of the fair is done. And obviously food will have a presence. Of course. Jonathan I mean, Harrison has for us, Judd, some of the new offerings available this year. Just some at of the them. Minnesota State And there's fair. a lot of Just them this some, year. How many new items are there? Ooh, I think it was 31, what I read, and seven new vendors. I didn't even know there were 31 new foods, but go ahead, please. Yes. So we're going to start off with jammin' brisket grilled cheese. <sighs> Rami. Simmer down. No, I can't. We just said brisket. Slow smoked brisket, red onion jam, cheddar and pepper jack cheeses, mm. and RC's hot barbecue sauce. You can find that at RC's barbecue. Oh, buddy. I can't wait for this. That sounds good. That sounds, that sounds amazing. delicious. Yeah, it that looks really great. Uh, yeah. What else the picture of it just looks amazing. Uh, it's called the Hot Hen. Barbecue chips topped with smoked pulled buffalo chicken, blue cheese fondue, pickled jalapenos, tolerant. Tomatoes, green oh onions, and blue cheese crumbles. Is there anything also at better than barbecue. the State Fair? How much are you going to weigh by the end of this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I've been really trying to watch what I eat lately. No, I know. No, I'm diligent about no, working out. Hard. I've I'm... cut soda out of my diet. Yeah. This is going to wreck everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, it will. I have until August 22nd to try and... You work very hard to pre- stay in shape. To preemptively... That goes out the window at the State Fair. To preemptively make up for the damage I'm going to do at the State Fair. But for those... I have until August 22nd. But for those of us who pack pounds on easily, this is... Like, my, like me. No, yeah. I know. Me too. I know. What else you got, Jonathan? We got fried tacos on a stick. Because I, everything's on a stick. I just saw this. I'm not doing that. What? The whole thing, whole thing on a stick is cliche to me. Two stuffed Take it tacos. Off the stick. Cliche. Take you guys ready stick. for this? Yeah. Two stuffed tacos, one filled with green chorizo mm. and potatoes, and one filled with vegetarian black bean and corn mix, 
deep fried, topped with crumbled oh. cheese and a drizzle of guacamole salsa and served oh. on us. All right, Rami, I'm going to give you the key to the state fair. <laughs> oh my God. We get dropped, we get dropped off in back and you can make a beeline to our booth. If you deviate from that, this is where you get in trouble and go find the food. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to discipline yourself not to go and walk around and find all this food. No, I have to walk around. I have to. It's the state fair. I need to explore. I go right to the booth, right out the door. So you don't even look for food? Um, I get the um, I get the uh, turkey uh, to go, which is just delicious, but that's on my way, and that's you about mean it. You the turkey to go? Like the giant smoked turkey leg? No, 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 no. They no, 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 no. Sandwich. Oh, and in, this. in the morning, it's a breakfast sandwich. It's the great... They, oh, in fact, boy. Wait a minute, uh, what? It is a fantastic turkey, go, turkey sandwich. Turkey to go has a stand behind home plate at Target Field. Try it. Next Twins game. It is. It's right by Tony O's. It, yeah. I can't That good it. of a turkey sandwich? It is. I yes. a turkey sandwich. I know. You I just talked like about fried tacos. You're talking me a Rami. turkey sandwich? I know what you're saying, but yes. just wait. This is that's what I said. Is that like it's turkey? Well, okay, I get that every year for Thanksgiving, whatever. No, this is not just turkey. I this eat a turkey sandwich almost every day Rami, at lunch. Rami, this is turkey. This is this, this is turkey. And it in is the morning, and in the morning, oh goodness, with the egg on it, it is delicious. You can I, find the fried tacos on a stick at Midtown Global Market. I'm there. I'm trying that for sure. You guys want one more? Please. Shrimp and grits fritters, aged cheddar grits, golf shrimp, onions, and creole seasoning, deep fried and served with aioli dipping sauce. I've never had grits. Me neither. Have you ever had grits, Judd? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I've ever had grits. You can find them at Funky Grits. I don't grits. know for sure. I try them, though. Oh, yeah. Meat. It sounds good, if nothing else. I'd eat them. We're like, gonna have just to. We're gonna like have to like lead you away. I saw some kind I'm of uh, about you. waffle waffle taco. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I believe I do. Let me. It's got like ice cream and yes. Reese's peanut butter cups Nordic, in the middle. I'm here, looking look, at it right now. It. Nordic waffles in pebbles and bam bam and al pastor varieties. I'm looking at this thing right now, Judd. It Take, looks amazing. Look at this. That's, oh, that's a ta- that's a waffle that's folded up like a taco, and it has crushed up Reese's peanut butter cups and fruity pebbles in the middle. Come on. Get at me with that. Where else but Give the state that. fair? Well, that's true, but if I eat that, I'm going up to a size 40-inch waist. <laughs> Same, but... It's worth it. Bring it on. You could make up for it later, or even beforehand. I don't know. I cannot wait. Uh, it's going to be, yep. It's going to be pre- you. At my previous stop, we had uh, Rami's fried food, Rami's State Fair Fried Food Challenge, where I would be blindfolded and something oh, we could do that. fried and on a stick was We've got plenty of that here. put in my mouth, we and I would, th- we'll I do would that guess what it is. For you, yes. Cannot wait. Also cannot wait for Roy Smalley to join us next. Former twin, now part of the Fox Sports North broadcast. He's going to join Mackie and Judd with Rami right after this on Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Hey, everyone. It's Phil Mackie here for a car dealership and service department my family and I have been going to for 30-plus years. That would be Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Now, there's a million things I love about Luther Brookdale Toyota. Let's start with the service department and the fact that you drive in to uh, one of the 30 workstations there and you get the best combination of expertise, friendliness, and a family-like environment. How about the showroom area? In addition to some of the nicest people you're going to find in the industry giving you all the information on these brand new Toyotas, You get some of the most durable vehicles on the planet right now. In fact, 80% of Toyotas that were on the road 20 years ago are still on the road today.
And that's because they're durable vehicles and you get great service like you get on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. So stop by, again, open until 9 o'clock on weeknights, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com.